0: Welcome to the Own Your Time Podcast. Today, I'm going to discuss a question that I think is kind of summed up my entire journey so far on the big question that I've wanted to answer my entire life, which is why are some people successful and other people not successful? This has been one of the questions that I've tried to answer myself for a very, very long time. And I do these things where I'll sit for several hours and I'll completely follow the flow of decisions and beliefs all the way back to try to find where it all stems from. And after the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've kind of taken this question all the way down the flow chart, so to speak, to one core issue, one core belief that I believe is the reason why people are not successful and some people are. And that belief is scarcity. So every single time I have an issue um, in my life or something that I'm, being, uh, that I'm struggling with in some way, it all comes back to this core issue. And it really comes down to how we think about the world number one but specifically is scarcity the, thinking about the world in a scarce sense so meaning that there's only so much of things to go around and that there's only so many people who can be successful there's only so much money that can be made these kind of these kind of thoughts right these kind of beliefs and i'm going to disprove that logically and then also philosophically so first we're going to start with the you know, the, the big issue, which is so some people believe that only so many people can be successful and that there's a physical limit to the amount of people who can actually be successful. And what I mean by success is, you know, living life on your terms, whether that's traveling the world or buying a Ferrari or buying a beach house, or maybe that's creating like, like what Bill Gates has done, where he's made a huge foundation and he's just changing the world with it. Um, and And having that level of success where you can basically fund whatever you want, you can have a huge foundation, or maybe you want to just build a really cool company. Uh, and you want to have some big skyscraper with your name on it and, and to really build a cool culture and to change the world through business or whatever it is that you want. People sometimes believe that the only people who get to live life the way that they want to live life is a certain category of people. And they believe that this certain category is separate from them. And it all comes back to a belief that there is only so much success and that kind of thing to go around. And typically success is synonymous with money. And a lot of those things that i've just laid out actually all of them require money in some form if you want to buy the car you obviously need money if you want to start the foundation you most likely need money if you want to start the business you need money and it all comes back to money and then the belief that there isn't very much money to go around and this belief it happens in a loop right so let's say i believe that there's a quota for success there's a certain amount of people who can have success and that amount is limited so that's gonna, that's my belief Now that's going to affect my emotions. Right? So I, now I'm, I believe I'm number one, frustrated. I'm upset. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm fearful in general because I don't think that there's that much to go around. So that emotion affects my action and my action then is going to be, I'm not going to take huge risks. I'm not going to go for it. Um, I'm not going to really go for my life because I don't believe that it's maybe even possible. And then what kind of results am I going to get from that? I'm going to get horrible results. I'm going to be just like everyone else. I'm going to be average. I'm going to have a job. I'm going to have a boss and that's going to lead to my belief being strengthened. So this is the flow, belief to emotion to action to result back to belief. And that happens that is that cycle always happens because I believe okay only so many people can be successful. Well, that makes me feel bad, then I take no action, then I get no results, and then I come back to my belief and I'm like, "See, I told you, only so many people can be successful. Look at me, I tried and it didn't work out too well." Well, the thing is, your belief was that it wasn't going to work out, your emotions reflected that your action reflected that your results reflected that, and then that reinforces the belief. So it's this cycle, a never ending cycle. And, um, and really, you know, the whole mindset of scarcity hinges on one core assumption, where the whole success quota mindset all hinges on one assumption. And that assumption is that, uh, you know, if I go for it, there's a very high chance that all the spots are going to be taken. So there's a set amount of spots, and those spots might be taken. Even if I go for it and I try my very best, I do everything perfectly right, I still may not be rewarded because someone might beat me to my my success. They might beat me to it, right? People view the world as like a movie premiere with a limited amount of seats. So let's say you want to go to like the midnight premiere of Star Wars or Harry Potter. There's only so many seats in the theater, and that's how people view the entire world. So when you have that belief that there's only so many seats in this theater, well, then two thought patterns emerge from that belief. Number one is that I better get there first. I better get there early, and I better push and shove and make sure that that seat is mine. So I'm going to compete. That's that's the number one thing that pops out. Now number two is the other thought pattern, which is, you know, why even bother? There's not going to be any seats left. I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to relax. You know, I didn't want to go anyways. You know, you tell yourself some lie. Oh, I didn't even want to be successful anyways. I'm just going to stay here. That's too competitive. Blah blah blah. And I'm here to tell you that both of those are actually wrong. So. A lot of people right now, the current state of people who try to motivate or inspire people is, um, let's move you from category two, which is don't rock the boat, you know, don't make too much noise. Let's stay home. And they want to move you from category two to category one. Category one is compete when it all costs, cut people down, get there first elbow people, take your spot, be competitive. Well, both of these are very wrong and they're actually limited. And they both, this is the whole current state of the world, right? There's two really decisions, which is compete when it all costs, or, you know, don't rock the boat let stay small. And both of these are not right. They're both wrong. They're, they're not they're imperfect options. They're imperfect and they're unrewarding. So, and they all they all come back to scarcity, right? These emerge from a belief that there's only so many spots left. And so I'm going to talk about why that's not even true. So there actually isn't scarcity. And we're going to focus on a logical argument and then a philosophical argument. First we're going to start with the logical, which is the economy is inherently abundant because money isn't just exchanged it's actually circulated so i'm going to explain a very simple um little example here in a second but the second one would be the philosophy actually let's just do the we'll talk about philosophy later because i don't want to turn anybody off because that's that's a much weaker argument and i want to make sure that we start with the the rational argument which is that the economy is actually abundant meaning that there's an infinite amount of supply and so here's an example right so there is a finite amount of money in the system. There's about two to $4 trillion in the United States that's circulated through the economy. So yes, there is a finite amount of money, but the thing is that money can be exchanged and circulated an infinite amount of times. So here's an example. I'm going to shrink the universe down to three people. So let's say that the universe is me, Billy, and you, and there's $1 in this universe. So how do we do how you would say, okay, there's a scarce amount of money in this universe. Um, obviously, Kyle or me, Billy, and you are going to fight over this $1. We're going to kick and we're going to punch and we're going to make sure that I get the $1, you get the $1, Billy gets the $1. But that's actually not true, right? We can exchange this $1 over and over again. So let's say I want to give $1 to Billy for a muffin. So Billy makes a muffin, he offers it to me, I give him $1 because I want that muffin. Now Billy can go to you and he can actually give you that same $1 and you can give him lemonade. So let's say, you know, I've given Billy the $1. There's only $1 that's, that exists, but now Billy can take that same $1 and he can give it to you. So even though there's $1 in the system, it's been used several times. And now if me and you want to do a trade, maybe, you know, you're selling lemonade, but maybe I'm selling uh, cups for lemonade or something like that. I'm selling something you need. So now you can give me the same $1 that actually started with me and flew flow, uh, and flowed all the way back to me. And this is a very small-scale version of the economy, but this is actually how the whole economy works. Money is not an object. Money is a force or an energy. So think of a hose, right? The harder you you clutch onto that hose, you're going to kink the hose and the flow of the water is going to stop. And then a lot of people, our decision is to blame the hose. Oh, what a piece of crap hose. Or Or they say, there's not that much water maybe, and maybe the hose isn't attached to very much water. Dude, hoses are attached to quite a bit of water. You just have to stop clutching it. You just have to stop... Uh, grabbing it so tightly because the tighter you clutch, the less water gets through. And um, and a lot of of times we think that billionaires are taking money out of the system and that billionaires are evil and that they're bad and that we don't like rich people. And a lot of the reason that 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 happens is because of scarcity. It's because we think that they're taking money out of the system, but that's because you don't understand the system. Most billionaires don't have a big stash of money in their bank account. That's not how it happens. The vast majority of their wealth is circulating in the economy in the form of investments, assets, reinvestment, uh, donations, purchases, the money is being moved around because rich people view money as a, as not an object, but something to be utilized or forced to be utilized. And when they get money in, they immediately buy new assets. They reinvest back in their company. They donate, they purchase. And I'm going to show you a flow, a very simplified flow of how money works. Let's say that you're very wealthy and you go and you buy a Ferrari. So you're going to give $200,000 to the guy who owns the Ferrari dealership. And so let's say, and also the salesman, he's going to make a commission, but let's just focus on the fact that the guy who owns the the dealership is now getting your money. Right? So let's say that that guy wants to go and hire a lawn service. So now the lawn service, who's going to cut the Ferrari dealers house owner, well, he's getting technically your 200,000 from the Ferrari you bought. So now your money's moved from you to the dealer now to the lawn service guy. Let's say the lawn service guy gives his money to you know, maybe a friend of his who makes clothes. I don't know. But then this guy who's making clothes, maybe he wants to rent an apartment. So now he's going to take the money that came all the way from your Ferrari and he's going to go rent an apartment. Well, guess how you got the money for your Ferrari? You own an apartment and it came from the rent that people are paying you. So that money can actually make its way all the way back to you. And it often does. That's, that's the cycle. It's the same $200,000, but its journey through time has made its way all the way back to you. So when you clutch money and you hold it and you you hoard it and you think no more is going to come to you, it's a complete misunderstanding of how the economy works, how circulation works. And the more you clutch, the more you kink the hose, and then water can't come back to you. And it's the same thing. So rich people understand this. And that's why they start to put money out because they understand that it's going to come back if they use it correctly. And they understand how to use it correctly. And that is why they're wealthy. And I understand how to use it correctly because I invest in multifamily real estate. And that's the main aspect of this podcast is to educate you how to invest in multifamily real estate. But first, we have to understand how the economy works as a whole. And so that is the logical argument that there is literally like on a logical level, money is infinite, because of the fact that it can be circulated and used multiple times. Um, all you have to do is come up with something that's valuable enough for someone to exchange money for. That's literally all you got to do. And then not hold on to the water, <laughs> you know, not hold on to the money, right? Continue to reinvest it back in your company to make the, the thing that's valuable enough for people to give you money for it. Keep making it more valuable. It's it's so simple. And we, over, we, we, t- we put way too much emotion behind money and we don't understand it. We treat it as an object. It's not. So the philosophical argument, the, the lesser argument would be that, that we do not actually really understand the world at all. Um, we have a very limited perspective. And so if you are going to sit here and say that That you understand that there is a exact amount of limit on your life or that you think that there is a finite amount of possibilities and that you are not entitled to the one that you want because you've determined your outcome well then you know you're, you're you're really not understanding that the world is a lot bigger than you think it is and it's a lot more fluid and abundant than you think it is and my philosophical argument would be it's rooted in some science in the sense that our entire view of reality comes through a small window through our, our through our pupil, right? It's a small window of light and it comes to our eye and that's all we have to work with. That's really all we have to work with. And then that comes through the eye and gets filtered by a reticular activating system, which is essentially your filter and it sends it to different parts of your brain. So now our whole entire view of reality is subjective and it's filtered through a RAS or a retic- reticular activating system. So we have a subjective view on reality, but we want to perceive for some unknown reason that there's a limit to the reality that we live in. And uh, it really doesn't make sense when you consider how vast the universe is and how vast reality is and how little of it that we understand. For you to put a cap on it, it shows that you are thinking in the terms of only what you can see. And only what you can see is definitely not all that there is because like I've just said, there's a small window of light coming through a small hole in your eye and it's being filtered and the gaps are being filled in by a part of your brain. So we don't have all the information. The world's a lot bigger than we think it is. There's a lot more resources than we can perceive. And so... Don't, don't, don't discount abundance, right? And I'm going to tell you the benefits for scarcity versus abundance. Why should, you, uh, why should you focus on abundance? Well, number one, if you think that there's an abundance of resources, then there's enough for everyone. And all you have to do is focus on what you can do, which is so good, ap- so good action so that you can reap good results, right? Because that's what happens. For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. So if you put good in, you will get good out. It's that simple. And if you are not on a scarcity mindset, then you're not worried about competition. You're not worried about there not being enough. All you're worried about is adding more value because you understand that if I add value, people are going to give me money in exchange for that value. And I can continue to do that. And there's not a finite amount of money. And so I don't have to compete with other people. All I have to do is make sure that my value is good. And that's all you have to focus on. And it makes life very simple and very effective. And that is why abundance is much better than scarcity. And it's much more accurate because i you know, I've given you the logical argument that the economy is actually abundant. So all that being said, right, definitely choose abundance and everything can really be traced back to this scarcity, the belief that there's not enough. And, um, and yeah, so I hope this is helpful. It all really does come back to scarcity. And it's really good to understand that the world is abundant and that there's a lot more out there than we can understand. So just have some faith and, and also logically understand that the economy is abundant. So yeah, this has been the Own Your Time podcast. Continue to listen. I appreciate you sticking around this long. Yeah, have a great day.